This is your host, Vernon Terrell with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And welcome to another episode of Walking Free. This is Vernon Terrell, and I'm so glad you have joined. You know, I've been in and out these last couple of weeks, uh, traveling uh, actually uh, to uh, Tennessee, and that's where my mother lives, or now lived. Uh, Yes, my mother passed away uh, about a, two weeks ago or so, and um, about a month, I'd say six weeks ago, she had asked me to come up and said, hey, Vernon, would you come up and look at my finances? And she says, you know, you're good with all that stuff, and I always helped her with techie stuff, uh, Apple gear, because I love Apple gear, and uh but she said, hey, would you come up, uh, in addition to the techie stuff, would you look at my finances and all that stuff? And I have a brother and a sister as well. Actually, I actually have a twin brother, believe it or not. I know, y'all didn't know that, maybe. But I do. We're fraternal. And uh, <clears throat> so I did uh, head up there about six weeks ago, and I st- and I looked at her finances, helped out, and... Um, but uh, she had been diagnosed or they had found a mass on her pancreas and they never confirmed the diagnosis. See, when I went up there that weekend, she was rushed to the emergency room. I went up and I was going through a part of Tennessee where one of our uh, counselors actually uh, lives and was happened to be, they were participating in a event at their church and I helped them set up this big tent, prayer tent and got a lot of great response from that. And we were able to help and pray with folks. Uh, that was Denise Holly. She did a great job there. And uh, but uh, as I was there, I got the call. Said, "Hey, mom is in the emergency room." And I went, "What? Well, that's crazy." So I went up there. I just went straight to the emergency room, and I was up there uh, in there with her, and uh, she had to then be transferred over to Vanderbilt in Nashville, and so I, and that was later that, about midnight or so, and I just went down with her, or actually followed her, you can't follow an ambulance really, so, uh, but I uh, met her down there, and so we had that uh, ordeal, went through that, and uh, my brother and I would trade off on, you know, staying with her, and then going back to the house, and I was able to do what she'd asked me to do, look at the finances, and, uh, so I did that, and she was able to get back, come uh, back from Vanderbilt, and then uh, get home for a little bit. But then uh, a couple weeks later, you know, the unexpected happened, and uh, they never really confirmed the diagnosis. They said, yeah, we think you have pancreatic cancer. But then she got an infection and uh, in her liver, or, or around the pancreas, actually, and some issues in the liver, and it just all went downhill fast. And uh, so I rushed back up to Tennessee. Uh, Michelle, y'all heard Michelle on the podcast. Uh, she was she's been traveling a lot, and she was with her family in Arizona. 
and she cut her trip short, met me in Nashville, and then uh, we got to be with uh, mom uh, all the way to the end. And and then we, of course, had the, <clears throat> we stayed there for making arrangements and having the funeral, and uh, I spoke at the funeral and, of course, shared uh, the truth and the gospel. Uh, my mother was a woman of faith and uh, didn't start out that way. I grew up in an unchristian home. Not sure if many of you uh, can relate to that. Maybe you can. But uh, I accepted Christ at about 15 years old. And uh, my parents thought I was in a cult, I believe. <laughs> but uh, I really, God just spoke to me. I was at a youth group and I accepted Christ. And there was no turning back, no looking back. I was digging into the Bible, everything I could find, got my first 200-pound Strong's Concordance, the biggest book I've ever had in my entire life. The thing was massive. Be grateful for your mobile device or your tablet. Be grateful. That thing was massive, and the print was tiny. I could read it back then. Don't think I could do that right now. Uh, I still have it somewhere. That thing, wow. But uh, yeah, no turning back. And so my mother, I think eventually, I remember uh, even before I accepted Christ, saying, Mom, I'm worried about you know what happens when you die. And all she could say was, it'll be okay, son. It'll be okay. A loving answer, not the right answer, but the loving answer uh, and, a, and a caring answer. But uh, she eventually accepted Christ. Uh, I believe a friend of her ca hers called and talked to her uh, over the phone, and she received the Lord uh, as her Savior. And uh, so I was grateful. Uh, she had a faith foundation, and uh, and that was after I, uh, I believe, was going to college. But yes. Uh, life can throw just all kind of curveballs at the craziest times, can it? And we think, well, someone says, oh, you know, God killed your mother. No, God didn't kill my mother. Cancer uh, took the physical life of my mother. Well, where was God? He was right there with her, with us, all the way. Never left. Never left us. I mean, the world that we live in is broken. Uh, it is, it is, got all kind of um, natural consequences. We've got death and disease. This is not our final destination. This earth is going away, and there will be a new heavens and a new earth, and it's on the horizon. <laughs> You can, it, you feel right that you can almost see it, with all the crazy stuff going on. But the Lord is with us. He never left us in the midst of all that. Never left us. Was right there with us, grieving with us, loving us, encouraging us. That's our Savior. And so. When life does hit, things happen. Let's not get out the uh, 
blame gun and start shooting blame everywhere. Life does happen. And sometimes we make unwise decisions and we uh, have consequences to those decisions. All right, well, that's the consequences of our decisions. But sometimes circumstances and events hit us that are the consequences of others' decisions. And we're hurt by that. Where's God in that right there with you, with them? God's loving them, working in them, trying to lead them to uh, the grace and knowledge of Christ. And he's with you, believer, encouraging you that he is not and has not nor will not leave you nor forsake you. Even when others make bad decisions, horrible choices that affect you. And I think about that uh, as we come on this election day. It is that time again, election day. And we look at the economy in the United States. If you're in another country and you have your own, uh, the, your government that you're looking at, and maybe your person is in office, maybe your person is not in office. Is God still on the throne? Absolutely. Should you vote? Or not? Of course you should vote. If you have the right to vote, if that's a, a right in your country, wherever you are, vote. I like what Paul said. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. At least that's the design, right? Romans 13, 3. He says, do you want to have no fear of authority? Well, do what's good, and you'll have praise from the same. And that assumes some level of moral good authority, right? Rulers are servants of God, whether they know it or not. They just are. God's not left the throne. God uses all things for his good, for his glory. So I do encourage you, as the Lord leads, to vote. I encourage you to get out and support whoever you're going to support. Uh, you pray about it, and guess what? Your person may not be my person. My person may not be your person. That doesn't mean you're a bad person, nor does it mean I'm a bad person. It means we have a different view. Is that okay? Let it be okay. You can be passionate and loving at the same time. Ah, this season is so crazy, isn't it? But I want you to realize that when it comes to authority and rulers, there is really only one overall ruler in this cosmos, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the one that we bow our knee to. That's the one that we serve. That's the one that we look to as the final authority. Is that who you're looking to right now? Is that who you're looking to as you, uh, as you go vote? Is that who you're looking to as you work in your workplace? Are you doing and working unto the Lord, or are you working just to get by? I made it my goal throughout my corporate career 
to work as unto the Lord, to do my best unto the Lord. And, you know, I remember so many times getting passed over for promotion, seemingly overlooked. Why are they getting ahead? I'm not. But, you know, it was God's timing. And God moved me up and moved me up and kept um, moving me in different positions. I was so grateful for that. But there were times where it's like, what am I doing? I'm doing everything right. Someone else is getting the credit for it. Work as unto the Lord. And trust him with your reputation. I like what Paul said where Jesus made of himself no reputation. When he was accused, he didn't even open his mouth. Most of the time, I'm opening my mouth. I don't know about you. Uh, I have that flesh tendency, that human tendency to blame, to defend, to protect, as we all do. That's something that we could learn to let go of at times, just like Jesus did. I want you to uh, realize, on at least uh, as... Uh, the purpose of this particular episode that God is here. God is with us. He's loving us. And I look at this incredible weather, at least in the Atlanta area, and I say, thank you, Father. Thank you for this awesome weather that we can enjoy. And when the weather's awesome, go enjoy it. When life is good, go enjoy it. When life gets tough, don't complain about it. Trust God in the midst of it. When it rains, he's with you. When it's the weather is great, he's with you. Enjoy the good times. Trust him in the challenging times. Seek him in both times. That's what I encourage you to do. I like how Paul continues uh, when, when we're in uh, Romans uh, chapter 13. Uh, Paul uh, is really giving us some uh, insight on this idea of the uh, uh, authority. And he says, hey, in Romans 13, uh, 6, for because of this, you also pay taxes right? For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing, is what he says. He says, render, in verse 7, to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Do you know we can honor the position? We may not agree with those in authority, but we can honor them. I think we've lost that a little bit in this political climate, the idea of honoring the position. And I'm as guilty as the next of you know making a humorous joke or laughing at a meme. But I think we need to step back a moment and learn to honor the position of those who are in authority. And we can vote and vote for the next person but we should be honoring those who are in the position of authority and work within the system, knowing that God 
is working all things for his good, his glory. When Paul's in Romans 13 going through this idea of authority, and he, in verse 8, he says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. That is the, quote, royal law, right? When they asked Jesus, and this was still, by the way, under the old covenant, he says, what's the, what's, uh, the number one commandment? You know, Jesus says, look, let me sum them all up for you. Let me sum everything up. Love God and then love your neighbor. That sums them all up. Now, when we jump into the new covenant and uh, John is writing and, and John, first uh, John three, and John says, look, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you all the commandments of Jesus now. Oh, this is going to be good. He goes, here it is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're like writing, okay, got that one. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's number one. And love one another. There you go. That's it. That's what we're called to do. Believe first. Because we believe and receive his forgiveness in life. That transforms us. And then we express that life by loving one another. And I love what Paul said in Romans 13, 8. Owe nothing to anyone. How's your debt ratio financially? How's your debt ratio relationally? How's your debt ratio socially? Owe nothing to anyone except loving one another. He says in verse 19, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment. If you want to fulfill the law, it's love is that fulfillment. Now, we're not under the law. We're under grace. And God has transformed us. He's transformed us from the inside out to express his life and his love. In, in verse 11, he continues, he says, Do this, knowing the time that it is already the hour for which you to awaken from sleep. Wake up, everybody. Look around. On the horizon is the new heavens and the new earth. Things are getting shaken up. I bet you see it just as I do. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed, Paul says. That was thousands of years ago. And when you look around, wouldn't you agree that for now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed? The culmination of all of this is nearer. Verse 12, the night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. Yes, we have this flesh, this humanness, these old patterns of thinking and believing and behaving that we learned 
to how to cope in life, these strategies we thought would bring us happiness that never do. He goes, don't make provision for that. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why put on? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is in us. He wants us to put on the outside, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the life of Christ express on our outside behavior. Folks can't, the, the outside world cannot read your mind. Your spouse cannot read your mind. We need to express our love to our spouse, express caring to our neighbor and our friends, express, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't make provision for these old fleshly ways. You were delivered from that stuff. And let me tell you, if there's any time, now is the time. Lay aside the deeds of darkness. Put on the armor of light. Light is your armor. When you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, the very love of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit that is expressed only through the person of the Holy Spirit who is in you, when you allow him to express his life and love in you, through you, it's your armor. That is where we need to be politically. That's where we need to be relationally. That's how we change the world. That's how the disciples changed the world. They didn't change the world by reading the Bible. They didn't have a Bible. They had letters passed around. Inspired, yes. Most of them couldn't read anyways. If you're going to read the Bible, awesome, read the Bible. You want to memorize the Scripture, awesome, memorize the Scripture. But you know what changed the world? Is when they went out and they proved out the love within. They shared the love of Jesus Christ through what they said, through what they did, how they cared, how they gave. You can do that in your family. You can do that with your community. You know, family can get crazy, can it? I, I, I talked to my uh, assistant and I said, uh, we need to have another podcast on uh, when, uh, you know, crazy families and family dynamics. Do you have a crazy family? Di- I, I do. Especially, and, and it seems to hit when, uh, during the most challenging circumstances, like the death of a parent, man, things get dynamics go wacky, crazy. I'm in the midst of it, and I'm sure I have a part to play. Definitely, I know they have a part to play. It's How do you do that? How do you love in that situation? Are you a, quote, doormat? Does loving uh, your brother, loving your sister, loving your family, does that mean you're just a doormat and you don't, uh, you don't, call out or do what is right? I don't think so. 
Do you enable bad behavior? I don't think so. Are you hiding and just, well, just things will just work out? I don't think so. I think we are called to proactively love and act graceful while we're pursuing truth, pursuing righteousness. I really believe a lot of this goes back to motivation. It goes back to the heart. Are we trusting our new heart that God's given us? Or is that motivation just some old patterns or thoughts embedded by the enemy for self-protection, for self-defense, for old ways to get our needs met? I think a lot of it goes back to asking those hard questions. So yes, families can go crazy in these challenging situations. I know I'm in the midst of a lot of crazy dynamics and there's some things, hard things, that I believe I'm going to have to do and say. But they can be done lovingly. They don't have to be done in anger. They, be, they can be done in truth. They can be done... Uh, with a motive of peace and righteousness. And it doesn't mean that peace will come. Paul said, if it if possible, be at peace with all men. It's just not always possible. But for you, you can act with grace. Anything that I can choose, that I choose to do, for me to say, to do, it can be with grace. So that's what I'm going to choose to do. I'm going to ask God, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to move forward in grace. I'm going to move forward uh, with truth. Do what I believe is right, but I'm going to do it with grace, with that attitude of humility, honoring the position, but moving forward in truth and always with grace. That is what I encourage you to do. Just know I've got it, family dynamics, uh, you might be dealing with it as well. Can we just encourage each other? Can we just go and move forward, trusting God with our reputation, trusting God uh, to give us the words to say as we step forward and do what we believe he's calling us to do? And I will tell you, if you have to err on the side, it's best to err on the side of grace always. Not fighting, not striving. There may, there may be a time and a point where you have to let things go. There may be a time where you have to be defrauded and allow that to happen. And that's between you and the Lord. But God doesn't call you to be a doormat. He may call you to choose to lay down your rights. That absolutely may happen. But... He's calling you in strength to walk in your freedom and to walk in his direction, asking him for wisdom. There's no easy answer here. I don't know what you're facing, what you're looking at, but would you just commit to seek the Lord in any crazy family dynamics you may be experiencing or that you see coming on the horizon? Ask him for wisdom. Walk in grace and humility. And I believe that your light will shine forth. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That 
is your armor. That is when you stop talking and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.